episode 92 of the Risk Cheese Radio podcast. I'm your host, Bro Dinky. With me, as always, is my good friend, Mr. Schmidt. Schmitty, what's going on this week, kid? Oh, you know, a whole lot of nothing. Uh, traveling, so recording from the road again. Um, apologies to the community for yet another <laughs> uh, late drop in the week, but uh, hopefully we'll make it up for Tuesday's morning uh, when you guys commute to work. But uh, all good, my friend. How, how was uh, your weekend? It was good. It was good. Part of the uh, contributing factors to to our late drop was I spent the entire day Sunday in the car coming home from Maine because, you know, New York traffic. Well, not only that, you hit Boston traffic and then New York traffic. So doubling down on horrendous traffic with small children in the car for extended periods. (laughs) Uh, It was an adventure, but all in all, quite a good trip um, up at a little little lake in maine called lake sabago um some friends have a, a house up there that they they do summer in and they've got all the fun water toys jet skis and such so my kids have never seen anything like that just going ape you know having at it so couldn't get them out of the water like love it non-stop sunburns and <laughs> the way the way god intended the that's way god right intended. So the, the real summer experience so absolutely absolutely a really good trip overall. Um, but yeah, pretty neat. Getting back to work today was a bit of a, you know, a grind. <laughs> Let's just yeah. leave it at that. A bear for sure. Yeah. And you know, when you, when you're, when you're the, uh, as they say, when, when the, the cat is away, the mice will play. So I had to, to, you know, clean up all the loose ends when I got in this morning and then, Try to get things going in the right direction, but also oh, okay. I hear that. I hear that. I good, good. All no, no okay. skies falling yet. Huh? No, no. Everybody's alive. Everybody's intact. So <laughs> good, good to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, our buddy Nick teased the first little little inkling of this year's uh men wear pink strap. Um. Obviously, given the hypersensitive landscape that we occupy, uh, somebody had a beef with the word real, and now it is men wear pink. I don't know why we couldn't just make it real ones wear pink, real. I don't know. But either way, it is now the men wear pink, Brodinky strap habit strap. So he, he did a little teaser on that. He's going to be dropping it early to email subscribers. So definitely get on that email list. You'll know what it looks like first, when it drops first. I know some people have already been DMing me, like sort of trying to squeeze squeeze some info out. Not you know, <laughs> not that I have a ton of it. I have a little bit, but either way, just su- subscribe to the email, get it get it firsthand. You know, I, <laughs> this way I don't have to worry about what I'm divulging, and you know, I, it's not mine to let out and whatever. But definitely get on that. It's going to be a good one this year. So, um, you know, hopefully we're going to raise a, a, some more money for a very good cause. Um, I guess we'll get into the new stuff here. Um, why don't we start off with the What If collection here? I know you're very stoked about that one. I love it. I love it. So oh. it's uh, it's hip to be square, I guess you'd say. Yes. Yes. It's uh, it's very cool. I think, I mean, and I, I could be completely wrong, but I believe this is Swatch's first ever square watch and and i guess the idea behind the campaign is what if originally instead of making the round swatches as we know them today 
basically swatch in a what if scenario decided hey you know what let's make it square and what that would have really looked like um i'm excited really for this collection um i have quite a few swatches in my arsenal uh several moon swatches as you guys probably know but even still outside of that uh swatch for me is just a it's a great entry price point watch it's a swiss watch um it's just a nice everyday beater when you don't want to bring out your nice stuff uh, but it's still very cool and i think this new collection um i'm excited to see what the future is going to bring but uh i think it's a very cool capsule moment in in swatches tenure and i think it's going to be very exciting to see this drop yeah so square we've seen we've seen the square sort of make a comeback in recent memory right i mean i'm certainly the sort of famous square models have definitely caught on with your your tanks and things like that of late but we've seen oris do it now we're seeing swatch do it um this one is about 33 34 millimeters with a 10.5 thickness so not a very big guy but i think the um shape will kind of lend itself to filling out the wrist a little more than your typical you know when people think of a 33 millimeter watch right they think of like yeah yeah you know your your black bay 32s and stuff like that and they're like oh that's a that's a small watch but i think the geometry will, will help it out a little bit on the wrist there and uh yeah you know it's an interesting drop and it's just uh it's what swatch does right they're about having fun they're sort of about being playful and and just kind of rolling with it so they decided to come up with this little sort of uh you know gimmick for their capsule moment in time here and this is what they're going with the square watch so what if we had square watches instead of round and history was altered <laughs> yeah no i yeah I'm excited for this. I definitely will be picking one up at some point. I just can't decide which colorway I want. There's four initially on drops. So there's like a hunter green, a black, mm. a beige, and a gray. Um, I'm leaning towards the black, I think, which I think is probably what most people will pick up. Um, but this is fun, man. It's funky. Um, it gives me, you know, Monaco vibes in, in some ways, which I think is very cool. Obviously not a chrono. But uh, very interesting, especially when you look at the case design. Um, you're missing the, the the classic iconic kind of three prongs that extrude from the case uh, on a tr on a traditional swatch. You're getting more of a standard strap. So I would imagine you could probably change up the straps quite a bit here and and kind of play around with what you with what you have in the design. Um, don't quote me on that, but it's certainly much more of a possibility than what we've had before. And I love the way that they were able to integrate kind of the 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 bezel uh from the case if you will to protect the size of the crystal it almost kind of comes upwards um to create the bezel which uh is very unique shape it's like l-shaped when you look at it from the side uh and its profile which is very interesting so you're able to get a very low profile crystal but it's going to be a box shaped i'm assuming acrylic glass um which is going to be very interesting i think especially when you look at it from the side um, it's going to be very visually different than what we're accustomed to from Swatch. Um, so I am very excited about this collection. Yeah, and you know, I think this is sort of what we now have to become accustomed to. I mean, we've seen Swatch do it twice now with the Bioceramic. We've seen um, other brands like uh, we talk about all the time. Seiko got it sort of like the resin game. Um, mm -hmm. we've mm -hmm. seen, uh, Maurice Lacroix do the, the repurposed materials thing. We're getting sort of this 
I don't know, informal type watch that that's I guess a little bit more playful and a little bit less jewelry. Yeah. You know, and I, I know G-Shock and the like have been doing it forever and it's not necessarily a new thing, but for brands like this to be doing it, it it's I don't know, for me it's sort of an indicator of where things are are going or where they are or what what sort of the I guess the consumer is looking for nowadays. I mean, we know based on sort of streetwear and culture and everything that, I mean, look, I've seen people in sweatpants doing things I never thought I would. Like, I, I mean, I went to, <laughs> I went to an event at Sotheby's and there was a dude in a white t-shirt and sweatpants. And I was like, what on earth? <laughs> who, who let you in here? Man? I was like, I, I, you know, everybody who works there is dressed in a suit, dressed to the nines, right? It's in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, bro, really? Really? Decorum. Listen, dude, like I'm all for being comfortable. I'm all, all for being a low key dude. Like I, I don't necessarily like to get decked out very often, but like <laughs> mother of God, I don't know. Like I was just like, man, I'm surprised they didn't like pull you aside and they're like, dude, you know, here's a, here's a jack. Yeah, you got to leave. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to leave, bro. Um, yeah, man, that's uh, it, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. Obviously the world has gotten so much more casual in lieu of COVID and all these things. It just made everyone kind of feel more comfortable being super comfortable in kind of like the, uh, what I would wear at home to watch TV on my couch kind of attire. But you know what? It is what it is. This is the world that's evolving. And I think that, you know, you kind of said it perfectly. This is kind of a playful nod to to where the watch industry is now and where it potentially could be. And let's let's just think of it this way. Let's just say that this isn't a forever thing for Swatch. This to me is very cool from a collectible standpoint in the fact that this is kind of the first of its kind. There could be more. There probably will be more. But if this is it and this is all we get, to me, that's very cool because it's a snapshot in a moment of time where Swatch decided to do something different and and quite frankly for them, very revolutionary because it's completely antithetical to what made their watches so popular, this classic round design. And probably one of my favorite things that I don't know if you noticed is there's no kind of like battery cover in the way that we've had it before on Swatches. You're getting kind of more of the moon swatch route with kind of like the the little you know painted battery cover that pops off. All right. Um, and on each one, there's like a little different like dial representation on the on the battery cover. So it's it's almost as is like this is a square case. You flip it over, and there's still a round swatch. Yeah, I did see on that. the backside. That's... I'm like, that's it's kind of kitschy, but it's also very like aware that like this square watch wouldn't exist if the round one you know didn't run first you know <laughs> like the round swatch crawled so this one could run you know what i mean <laughs> so it's just, it's very cool it's very interesting i am excited to to see where this goes and i love all the marketing behind it i love the videos of like everything being square and what that would look like if you had a square basketball and a square hoop and it's just cool riding around on a bicycle with square tires like i don't know it's just it's very fun it's whimsical and it's very swatch if uh if you could boil it down to that so i'm here for it and i think they're trying to get back to sort of that that era of time where it it was sort of like a thing to wear more than one swatch at a time oh for sure for right sure. especially when you're getting you know a 30 a 33 millimeter case like you now you can get away with that right you don't want to be wearing two 41 millimeter 44 millimeter that no way you know it's just uncomfortable it's clunky 
Now we're talking 33. All right. Now I can see it, right? You have a, a few things like that, some smaller stuff. Now you can get away with it. Like it back in what was it like the 80s, early 90s? Like that was kind of a kind of a thing, right? It was like uh you wore the, your neon swatches and it was sort of just like a fashion accessory for some people. Yeah. But I think you're trying to get back to that in some degree with watches like this as well. Oh, for sure, for sure. One hundred percent. All right. I guess we'll stick with the squares. Um, Tag has a new Monaco out, and it is in titanium, and it is a racing blue chronograph. Oof. It's it looks pretty good. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat my love for this watch. Um, obviously, very expensive. Uh, I saw an article recently um, from Christian uh, at the Theo and Harris uh, company and blog and all that stuff, and and they covered this watch um, kind of. Talking about some of the things that you and I have talked about previously about, you know, what is the future of tag and where do we see it going? And I think this is obviously very indicative of this. And, and they kind of came to the same realization and not so many words that we've said for many from for many episodes now is tag is just kind of like in a weird identity crisis. Right. They have these pieces that they release that are just absolute bombs, like just amazing pieces, craftsmanship, you know, design, all these things. Fantastic. Right. I can think of, you know, this this Hoyer Monaco. I can think of, you know, the pink dial Carreras, like those 36 millimeter capsule collection, like several models, the the new vintage um uh uh Carreras that they came back out with. Right. The the new skipper, skipper. right? Like yep. all of these are great hits. And then you have the Super Mario watch. And <laughs> then you have like connected golf watches. And it's just like, okay, where is the focus? You have Quartz Formula One chronos. Right. And nothing against those watches, but they seem so at odds with one another. And for me, it's really refreshing to see Hoyer. And maybe this is just a snapshot in, in, in time and six months from now, they drop something else. I'm absolutely going to hate. But at least right now, this is a bright glimmer of hope that maybe tag is starting to rein in the nonsense a little bit and start focusing on producing things that made them the brand that they are, made them have the back catalog that they do. And to me, I think this is certainly a great indication of that. I want to see more from it. The challenge is going to be, can we condition the market to start taking tag seriously enough to spend $10,000, $8,000 on these watches that they're asking for, um, which is going to be a big ask, especially when you're comparing it to other brands that are uh, of similar price points and of similar pedigree. That's going to be the challenge. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's always sort of uh, a hurdle in that respect is when I get to a watch that's in that price range, my immediate reaction is, what else can I get for this money? Exactly. You know, and like you said, without sort of that brand cachet, you know, I don't know if I'm going to pass this up for a Rolex if I can get one. I don't know if I'm going to pass this up for an Omega. I don't know if I'm going to pass this up for a Zenith. I, I don't know, you know, at this point. Yeah. And yeah. especially, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Monaco is a legendary chronograph, but again, even in just what I mentioned, you have the Speedmaster, you have the El Primero, like I have options, you know, yeah. I don't know if I'm, I'm putting all my eggs in the Monaco basket right now. And, and here's the, here's the crazy thing. This is a Salida based movement, right? Right. Salida just got wrecked. R.I.P. Salida. <laughs> I mean, they got absolutely destroyed in Switzerland by that tornado. 
And it's really sad to see. I mean, I was, I, I remember when I saw the Houdinki post and it was kind of like talking about it. I'm like, what, what are we covering like tornado foot? And I'm like, oh, that's a movement, Ebosh. This is a movement company that supplies a very healthy Lots percentage, a very healthy percentage of the watch industry with movements. So what is that going to make? What is that going to mean for the delivery scope of these watches if they can't source the movements? And that's really an indication for me as a kind of a sidebar. It's really an indication for me that brands really need to start going in-house to protect themselves. Because if something like this, some type of act of God situation happens that's completely out of anybody's control, what does that do for your company now? You know, And this could put brands like Tag and others, Oris, and all these companies that are using Salida-based movements in a very precarious situation because they are so dependent on these companies to deliver. And right now, I don't know about you, but when I saw the wreckage of the factory, it looks like Salida is going to be out of commission for a very long time. Very long time. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a problem. I, I thought of that sort of immediately. I said, thinking to myself how many people they supply with these movements or, or based off of their movements or even just, you know, from a parts standpoint, I'm like, yeah, uh, I think this might yeah. get a little weird, especially given, you know, uh, how sort of the, the rights to the edit movements have, have become I mean, uh, much tighter recently and things like that. So like it or not, that's why, that's why this watch group did it. That's why, because, when you are completely dependent on somebody else for your success, if that company files bankruptcy, if they get hit by a tornado, if they sell off their intellectual property to a company that buys them out and they no longer want to supply you with your parts and your movements and your servicing, all of these things, this is going to have residual resounding effects for the industry for a long time. Um, and I know it's kind of completely sidebar than what we're talking about today, but it's certainly something that I've been thinking about, especially when you see watches like this come out and they have these movements as their base. Right. This is going to make it very difficult to make these deliveries on time. Um, and it's going to make it very difficult for these watches to to be eventually serviced in the future, um, especially for all those tag owners that have these watches. So we'll see, man. It's, um, yeah, it's going to be crazy. And speaking of Salida-based movements, I guess we can go over to Oris, right? We saw they had a, a lovely day over at Truist Park, which is home of the Atlanta Braves, boo, um, <clears throat> who uh, they are commemorating Hank Aaron. And for those who are either not U.S.-based or not baseball fans, for the longest time, Hank Aaron was the home run champion of baseball all time uh, before being dethroned by Barry Bonds. So uh, for a lot of people, that's still kind of up for debate, given sort of the era that Bonds played in and all the things that are, you know, controversial, whether it be PDs and such. But um, they're commemorating Hank Aaron, uh, one person who uh, I communicate pretty regularly with uh, from the Milwaukee area said, uh, noted it was interesting that they were playing the the Milwaukee Brewers because the Brewers took the place of the Milwaukee Braves. So the Braves moved from Milwaukee. Ooh. Aaron played for both teams, technically, if you want to get, you know, and we don't know if that was a nod to, you know, history or if that was just coincidental, but could be, you never know. But um, yeah, Hank Aaron, uh, maybe, you know, best hitter of all time could be. I mean, he was a 
monster up at the dish. But uh, regardless, they, they honored him, and that's why everybody's wearing the 44. And uh, so they put together a watch with sort of the Atlanta Braves color scheme, um, kind of a la the Roberto Clemente watch we saw. The only thing that mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. sort of uh, weird about this one is there's not really an opportunity to commemorate his number because Clemente was 21. 21 is on the pointer date. Hank Aaron was 44. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if you would do maybe the four on the outer ring and then the numeral four, go four, four. I really was trying to come up with a way to do it. It's it's almost impossible, which kind of stinks. But, you know, I didn't I didn't even think about that. But you could you could have done certainly some creative license and done at the four, done four, four. I think that that would have been cool. It was something that I, ran I mean, across every, my mind. Everyone, you know? everyone would have done like everyone would have understood, you know. But maybe it's also a way to keep the dial much more clean and cohesive, because um, sometimes people get very leery about very commemorative type dials and things like that, especially when they're very specific. So, um, anyway, it looked like it was a it was a fun uh, a fun launch. Um, obviously, I think this is kind of the the Josh Shanks influence into ors if, <laughs> if, if if i'm being honest because i mean you think about it this way it's like baseball all of a sudden is an auras focus out of nowhere right like i think in new york isn't yankee stadium have auras advertisements yeah, and, now and i don't i was gonna say i don't know if it i don't know if it was a chicken or an egg situation where aaron boone became an auras head and then they sort of got into the whole baseball thing or if that was a a a reverse situation there where they were getting into baseball and then he got involved. But either way, you know, we, I, I mean, we've seen him with, with Oris on before. And, and like you said, they have the, that at Yankee stadium and we've seen them yeah, do yeah. now a couple different sort of collaborative watches with these uh, very influential players that also happen to have charity foundations. We know is very big for Oris as well. So that makes a perfect uh, sort of a perfect sense tie in there. Um, also in that regard, you know, but I like the watch. I think it's cool. It's very simplistic. I think it comes with two bands, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's nice. I think uh, Ors actually presented one to the Hank Aaron's wife uh, in honor of him, which I think was a nice touch as well to have her there and, and receive that on on his behalf, obviously. But uh, very cool. I mean, baseball is is an amazing sport, as many people know. I'm sure we have a lot of fans out there that watch the game uh, all over the world. So. Uh, certainly a global phenomenon and uh, a very cool one to celebrate. Such an impressive player. Absolutely. Definitely. And I guess since we've already been on the sports theme here, um, we have a new Olympic watch, which I'm sure you've seen. <laughs> no, I did. It didn't come up on my feet. Nah, not not at, all. at all. Why would it? <laughs> but we have a new um, Olympic Seamaster. Yes. Gold bezel. So this is the right. Yep. Seamaster 300 meter gold bezel, gold hands, uh, and actually a um a gold medallion on the case back as well, albeit a small one, but it's in celebration of the 100. I'm sorry, 100, the one year countdown to the Olympic Games. Um, if this is anything like what Omega's done in the past for the Olympics, typically there's like a uh some sort of countdown associated with the with the start of the game. So typically they'll do uh, a limited edition about a year out or some type of commemorative edition about a year out. And then right before the games, they'll launch something else to kind of bring the games in um, to to start 
and uh, this looks like this is our one-year countdown watch. Um, I like it. I think it's a very different take on a diver. Um, the last time I saw anything like this was at of the late 90s uh, right. when Omega used to do two-toned white dial divers. So this is kind of a nod to that. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's in Moonshine Gold, which is Omega's yellow gold uh, proprietary alloy, uh, which is very, very impressive material. Um, hence the price point, because this is not a cheap watch. But one cool thing is it is now the second timepiece that Omega has produced with a quick change system for the bracelet. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So it does have, uh, I think the first one was the uh, America's Cup from a few years ago. It had the quick change system. And now this one will feature a quick change classic diver bracelet, which leads me to believe that this bracelet will also be compatible with the current lineup of bracelets so if any of you guys out there have the the og rubber strap or something like that and you probably want to pick up a bracelet you could probably order this one from your local ad or boutique yeah i mean nice watch overall like you said not cheap and certainly an interesting color palette i mean i don't know if white dial gold bezels for everybody but um you know i think it's definitely for somebody and and i think uh you know, they're just going to continue to pound their um, sort of relationship with the Olympics and, and all that. And so I'm sure we're going to see some more of that coming out in the, the coming year. And usually, usually they're a lot more colorful than this, right? Usually you get a lot of like red, blue. Yeah. Know, you, you I get the rings a lot of the times. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. They went with more of a Spartan approach on this one. I also did kind of like that. They did the little Paris logo for the, um, for the second hand right little martini yep. olive on the second hand which is very cool um but i'm excited to see the watch in person i think it looks very sharp uh it's nice that you have some solid gold on it as well which is very different for the diver family especially in a bezel so um here it is like it or don't like it it's there um eighty seven hundred dollars not an inexpensive watch as i mentioned but i'm sure a lot of that is attributed to the solid gold and in addition to that, I don't know if you saw this, they also released a new line of NATO straps yeah. for commemoration of the Paris games too. So um, there's a blue, yellow, black, green, and red, basically all the colors of the Olympic rings uh, to commemorate that as well. So very cool. Yeah. Our buddies over at Nomos just dropped a Ahoy Neomatic 38 date. In two colorways, they're showcasing it in sort of a uh, almost a, an icy gray and then sort of a beige. Um, you know, I think they've heard the cry a little bit on lugs and case sizes and things. And I'm noticing their watches coming down an awful lot now where we're getting a lot of, you know, the 38s, 36s and, and so forth. And so, you know, I think this one will probably wear a little bigger than the 38. Like you always say, the lugs are a little bit long. Yeah. But yeah. I, you know, and the, these are also very heavy on dial as Nomos is. Um, yeah. You know, and if that's your thing, then this is, you know, you're all over this. But I, I think these are cool. They're uh, they're very classic Nomos look. Let me ask you about the the date window. Does that bother you that it's all the way out against the, the edge of the Not case? Not at all. I was trying I to figure know. out if it Doesn't bothered bother me. me I don't think it does. But, you know, oftentimes you'll see sort of a a half an index with the date sort of inside of that. 
In this case, the date window is just pressed all the way to the edge of the case, and you don't have an index at three. You just have a date window, which is color matched quite not quite yeah. nicely, if I do say so. But uh, no, I don't think it bothers. Yeah, me. I mean, it's I, it's. I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> it 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 doesn't bother me, but you, do you know why a lot of brands do that? With why a little that? kind of like loom plot or something there. Um, especially as it applies to like diving watches is part of the ISO certification for a professional diver. I knew that about divers. Te yeah. Yeah. Technically, technically the, the, the dates, if they are present, there still needs to be a luminous marker in order to make it ISO compliant, which is funny because the Submariner doesn't have it. Interesting. Yeah. Submariner doesn't have a loomed date. Hmm. I guess I never thought of that. Yes, sir. Very interesting. Now, this one, I do like these uh, aggressive crown guards on this one. They kind of yeah, make the that's, case that's... rather asymmetrical, but, um, you know, it gives it a little personality, I think. I think this sort of, uh, you know, differentiates it from the rest of their models and, and sort of gives it a little personality. So I'm digging it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a fan of the Ahoy for a long time because this is, I believe, the 200-meter rated watch uh, for Nomos. It has a screw-down crown, so this is technically your equivalent a la Aquaterra with perpetual right. date, you know, kind of that sport dress watch. It's 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 no slouch if you want to get it in the water, which is fantastic. It's just, and, I, and I've always been a fan of this model since they launched it. It just was in 41 millimeters and far too big. And especially when you have these long kind of, pointing down lugs it was very very hard to wear on most wrists um because it, they just protruded past the wrist bone so i think now scaling it down at 38 millimeters certainly gonna be a welcome change for most people it's probably gonna wear more like a 40 than it is you know the 41 wearing like a 43 but um i think that people will find themselves you know much more akin to this this model and this take so we'll see yeah, but I like do, it. They do make um, pretty neat bracelets. I don't know if you've ever seen the the Nomos bracelets. There, they're very yeah, different, yeah. but very neat. Yeah, yeah. And last up, uh, Citizen is getting in on the color game a little bit. They've dropped uh, from their Hong Kong region oh. <laughs> uh, five new mechanical Promaster divers with textured dials. We're looking at black, yellow orange green blue with sort of the fume look to it um like i said 41 millimeters uh sort of a rounded cushion e case good looking watches and they have a loomed pippet three despite the the uh <laughs> day and date so uh, <laughs> I, I mean I, I, I think this is just another feather in uh citizens cap of what they've been doing this year i mean they've just been putting out really good looking divers left and right yeah, I mean, I guess just watches overall. I mean, they've put, been putting on some good stuff regardless, but I think divers especially, they've just been absolutely crushing it. Yeah, and sure. uh, they continue to do so. You know, that's that's and, what I'm looking at here. And and they're and they're kind of the sleeper. You know what I mean? Because most of the time, when you think of Citizen, you think of Echo Drive, you think of you know something that's a little bit more okay, not as serious, a little bit more cost effective. But they've been producing absolute bangers. And I think overall, like you said, you know, this year they've come out with a lot of great models in their lineup in, in, in a very quiet format, right? We got the kind of like funky 
almost tuna-ish kind of, you know, quartz divers. I think one of the boys uh, from one of the other sister podcasts has one. Um, they've had a lot of fugus. They've had a lot of different types of loom dials. They titaniums. did the the, new, yeah. the titaniums. They did the new ProMaster Eco drives in the 37 millimeters. They've just been doing a lot. And it's just kind of like they're the steadfast brand just doing it, not getting all the credibility and all the recognition from it. But certainly, you know, the right people find it. And it's and I think now Citizen is honestly a very, very, very serious player in the affordable end of the spectrum. And these Hong Kong editions, I'm so pissed they're only available for Hong Kong because they look fantastic. They are absolutely gorgeous watches. Um, I forget what this what the range is that they base it on. Um, but we have the titanium version. And we have the, uh, what is it, the uh, the all-steel version right. that are here in the U.S. And, I mean, you and I talked about this when they first were released, what, a year or two ago? Right. And we were like, okay, these are hitters. And now they're releasing these amazing Fume dials, especially that orange to black Fume and that yellow to black Fume. Man, straight out of the 70s, absolutely breathtaking. I would love to get my hands on one of these. Well, we've defeated the out-of-market monster before. So there's <sighs> always a chance. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. And they did it right. Take note, Seiko. They put a loom pip at the end of the second hand, not on the back side of the second hand. Okay? It's very easy. And it looks symmetrical. And it's the way it should always be designed. That's it. I'll climb off my soapbox now. <laughs> but I love these watches, man. I really wish they were available here. You know, I, I, did they say these are, I don't think they're limited, are they? Um, I don't believe so. Cause I would think eventually they'll just make their way over by hook yeah. or by crook. If, if they make <clears throat> enough of them. I mean, that's true. That's true. But, you know, this is kind of like the mall watch I want to see. You know, like yeah, I want to walk yep. through the mall and like and be like, ah, you know what? It's a Tuesday. Oh, yeah, let me pick that up. Yeah. Let me just grab it. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? But I haven't seen any of these at the malls. You know, I haven't seen any of these kind of in a place where I'm I'm just kind of like, ah, let me scratch the itch and buy something. And that that to me is a shame because it means that they're not as prevalent out there as as we might see. Um, so hopefully you're right. But typically when they do a launch like this and it's very specific for a market, they're probably testing it out to make sure it's going to sell well before they expand the line. But usually when that happens, it means that we're going to get a different variation. We won't get exactly the same. And I mean, with this aggressive dial and this aggressive colorway, I'm kind of liking it how it is. Yeah, no, I agree with you especially the yellow and the orange. They honestly remind me of of like 70s styles that like got exposed to moisture damage and they start to <laughs> I mean honestly and they start to kind of bubble up and and they you know deteriorate towards the extremity uh the outside portion of the dial like that's exactly what these look like. And I like that. I think it's very cool. They're very textured. There's a lot of visual depth there in something that's very, you know, very simple in its design, um but very very cool. Um, so we'll see 13.7 mil thick, which is not bad for a diver. 
especially at 200 meters water resistant, it is automatic with a day date. I mean, how can you pass up on this? Like, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's quite the little package. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> topic today comes from a listener, actually, sort of impromptu here. Uh, today, and you know, I was taking a break, I was just checking the old messages and such, and somebody looped myself and Spence from Whiskey and Watches into a chat. Shout out to the friend of the shows, I guess, Automatic Watch is his name. And he basically proposed an idea for an episode sort of out of curiosity. And he asked, and I, I think it stems from maybe something he thinks about with his own collection, but he said, based on watches you own, right? Thinking about sort of what the space they occupy in your collection or whether it be, you know, uh, like a value tier or a complication or just uh, maybe it's a color. But if you did not own the specific reference that you have, which watch would you have, like if that watch did not exist, which watch would you have owned in its place? And I was like, that's yeah. a fun topic. And so I think you'll probably end up hearing three of these throughout the next few weeks, which uh, should be for some <laughs> some good fun, given given all of the watches that I know between all of us that we have. I think this would be a fun one. Um, the question is choosing which watches to sort of swap out here. And I mean, I, again, between all of us, we have a lot. <laughs> um, but Way I, was, too many. I, I Way try too to think many. about the ones that I, I talk about often or the ones that I've spoke about on the show. And so those are ones I went with. Um, and, you know, again, I didn't necessarily go dollar for dollar price wise on these. Sometimes it was sort of what they mean to my collections. Sometimes it was, oh, this is my, you know, bright color diver. I'm going to swap with a bright colored diver. I sort of just played it by ear in that regard. Um, yeah. You know, not necessarily going one for one or whatever dollars for donuts, whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> uh, but I think I've got four or five here that I, I just picked out again, based on sort of what I've talked about on the show or watches that I, I will post once, once in a while. Um, so I think you've got a few yourself. Yep. Um, I will kick it off with the res KX. Cause I, I feel like I've, I've talked about it a lot lately and that's pretty much what I've been wearing lately. I took it on vacation with me. It's sort of, uh, you know, the ultimate summer beater and people who've picked one up based on sort of our talking about it have have widely concurred that they're like, this is the ideal summer DGAF <laughs> watch, right? It's not GADA, it's DGAF, right? If I beat this thing into oblivion, <laughs> it was 180 bucks. Who cares? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But it's also it's made of resin. I mean, I know it's got an automatic movement. You know, I know you can damage it. But again the dgaf watch so <laughs> that's I, a new category it is it's not gotta it's don't give a you know yeah i got it i get it <laughs> uh but so i i thought about sort of what it means to my collection as sort of a a, a super beater and something lightweight and sort of uh alternate materials and things like that and and just something fun that would replace that for me and I leaned towards the uh, marathon general purpose. A lot of times these are coming in small. Like I, I've, I've seen them as low as 34, I think. But it's just it's just kind of their, their sort of bare bones field watch. 
Um, super fun. Again, very lightweight. You can get them, I think, automatic or quartz, maybe even hand wind. I can't really remember. It's been a while since I, I perused their their website, but um, mm-hmm. but a lot of fun, you know. And again, you get the, the tritium tubes, which is really cool. Yeah, right. And th- those are uh, if nobody's ever had um, tritium, they're always on. They don't go <laughs> off. So yeah, well, that's that's what the radioactive materials will do to right. you. Right. So so they're you can't on. you can't necessarily charge them like you would loom, but you will always. Have, have a glow. Have the luminescence. Yeah. So yeah. when it's dark, they are always yeah. ready and to that, go. That's that's always the interesting thing about tritium is like like sometimes with loom, like when you when you're like fully charging it, you go outside from the sun, you come back into a dark room, like it is bright. But a lot of times tritium are just kind of like this consistent glow. Right. Like it's not always the most intense, but it's there and it's visible constantly. I've never owned a tritium watch myself, but I've had a, bu- a a bunch of buddies that have, and you gotta admire it. Like it just, it's never off. It's just like, hold on, let me get my black light out and charge this baby up. No, it's just like we're going, we're glowing all the time. And there's something to be said about that. I think it's very cool. Yeah, for sure. And I and I do have to say, although it doesn't have tritium, uh, being up in the sticks in Maine, and you know, you're up here, you sort of take things for granted because you know, you know, in your bedroom or whatever, where the, the clocks are, if you need to check the time. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't often sleep with a watch on and I usually have my phone right next to my bed, but because sort of how the layout of the room was and that it's ultra dark, uh, I didn't have the phone next to me yeah. and uh, I didn't want to put my watch down because we had, I think, five kids between us. Oh God. Yeah. Running around yeah. a cabin. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I was like, I'll just get, I'll just leave it on. But, Middle of the night, man, that thing was still lit up like a torch. And I was like, oh, look at this. I could check I could check the time. This is great. And not that it's a big deal in the middle of the night, but you have to understand, uh, my friend's kids wake up at like 536 o'clock. So I really oh, I just want to know how much time I had left before mayhem. Oh, you know, like my kids are like 738, 830 kids. But yeah, no, you know, that goes away when the other kids are running around screaming and ready for yeah. pancakes and crap so yeah you know i was just trying to figure out how much time i had left on the the dad sleep meter so came in big <laughs> handy the, you know that seiko loom was second to none but although We're not tritium, john mayer yeah although not tritium still excellent <laughs> yeah we're definitely going to call you john mayer with your uh i with your what is it the i uh iwc big pilot yeah um nightstand clock right the nightstand clock correct <laughs> That's great. My love, my wife loves John Mayer. Oh, hey, there you I go. I tease her about it all the time. Oh. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, love the pick, by the way. I think it's it's certainly a, a very important capsule um, in any good collection, and and doing something a little bit different. I mean, with the Res KXs and everything, it's it's hard not to love them, and right. hard not to, it's hard to pick something o- over that because it is already so great at what it is. But uh, I think certainly some with tritium would be great. And uh, certainly in that kind of same motif, uh, if you will. Uh, For me, this was a very interesting episode topic because like I've echoed on on so many episodes before, I just, I don't ever like fall out of love with my watches. So it's like very hard to like think about what I would replace them with if I could. I mean, listen, because you you love your wife, but but you wonder once a (laughs) night. I, I 
Hope to God she's not listening to this episode. Um, but no, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I think when it comes to a watch it for the sake of the exercise, right? You know, it's funny. Uh, I have a Seamaster 300. It's the Heritage, the first version from 2014. And I absolutely love this watch. I did all my diving certifications in this piece. It's it's a watch that has phenomenal memories. I got married in the watch. I absolutely love it. It'll never leave my collection for obvious reasons. But if I was going to do it all again, um, I think I'd still pick it for sure. But if I was going to go a different route, I think one thing that I would really love to kind of swap out is I've never owned a 300-meter diver in my life. I've never had the classic James Bond wave dial, you know, multi-link bracelet that everyone can't figure out if they love or they hate. I think for me that that would be the pick. And more specifically, I think I would go a completely different direction because the the Heritage 300 is obviously a heritage inspired watch. Right. It's vintage, got the patina loom, all that stuff. I think for me right now, what's really kind of creeping up in my in my spine, right? I forget what we what we what we talked about. Like the watch that has you by the nethers. You, we talked oh, about yeah, this like yeah, way yeah. early on. The vice grip, yeah. The vice grip, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I think the watch that way I would really like to replace it with in the three hundred meter line, if I was to do it right now, would be the gray chrome dial with the hmm. blue hands and the blue bezel. Interesting. I don't know what it is about that watch, but every time I see it in the case, I can't stop looking at it. I love the original OG blue, the OG black. The new green is fantastic. The polar is fantastic. But this one is kind of the one that doesn't get the most love, you know? And it's just there, and it's just like, it's edgy, it's cool, it's understated. And I'm like, yeah, that's the one I would pick for sure, 100%. So I think if I was going to swap out any of my watches, the 300 would be one of them. And uh, I would pick that one. Yeah. I like how you, you, you basically traded one for its sister. Uh, that, that was a nice uh, scumbag maneuver, but uh, <laughs> no, but really, hey, uh, you the, know, you, you... <laughs> I know I brought the wife into it. And now all, all bets are off. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I just pivoted last minute. That's you had it, no yeah. idea. But uh, no, nah, 300 meter <laughs> is a can't miss watch. And, uh, you know, it's nice. It's nice to see people going with sort of uh, unconventional combinations once in a while. I mean, I, you know, how many times can I see, uh, you know, white dial, black bezel or or the, the all yeah, traditional yeah. blue? You know, it's nice to see sort of the, the different combinations every once in a while. I mean, I, I've seen that one on people's uh, feeds before. It looks really nice in person, I guess. I mean, I, you know. As far as I could see, I, I've never seen one in person, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a beast of a watch and it's a monster diver. So can't go wrong there. I think it occupies sort of that same space very well. And, uh, you know, you'd be able to get away with that in the same respects, as far as diving, as far as wearing it, wherever you need to go. Um, I think the heritage is a little more dressy because it's heritage and because it's a little For more sure. sort of sexy in that regard. But those things aside, uh, I, you know, can't miss as far as that goes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I wanted to do something different. You know, like that color scheme, I think is really cool. I don't think enough people give it any credit. I know when it first came out, it was super hot and everyone wanted it because it was so new. And then it just kind of cooled off. And then I haven't seen it posted as much. I haven't seen it, you know, worn as much, but 
I saw a guy from work the other day, probably a couple of weeks back, and he was wearing it and he walked into the office and I was like, that was one of those moments where you Nailed can't it. take your eyes off on the watch, <laughs> you know, and you're like, okay, that's good. But for me, 100%, it would be on the blue rubber. That's when it really pops is on that blue rubber. I think the bracelet makes it a little bit too monochromatic. It's a lot more stealthy that way. But I think a watch like that is just kind of like, you know, the DGAF watch, right? You're just <laughs> going to put it on. You're going to do the thing constantly all the time. And that's the one to wear. Very cool. Um, I'm going to go next to a watch that I've noticed is, is picking up a little steam, strangely enough, lately. Because uh, it's not a new watch. But I'm noticing a lot more people picking it up. And I don't know if it's just... Uh, curiosity thing or you know market conditions are right or whatever but uh, i'm seeing a lot of shun buns lately Ooh. i don't really know why it's just you know a lot of people new watch edition and i'm like huh i was like you pick this up now all right i guess i guess you know i guess like i said the market's probably cooled down a little bit maybe they had their eye on it when it came out it was a little hot yeah. i mean it was it was going over retail for a little bit and then you know now i think you can get them for pretty good prices so maybe that's what it is um you know, dial's amazing. You know, I, there's a lot to be said about this watch. It's titanium. You know, it's got all the finishing. It's got all the the sort of sexy handmade uh, Grand Seiko-ness to it. Um, you know, movement's really cool and all. Uh, I didn't want to go one for one with another Grand Seiko. I mean, obviously something like the Omi Watari, which is like the sort of icy blue waves uh, spring drive on the back, not the front, which a lot of people like. Um, or the uh, the show show, which is a one of the smaller round GMTs, but it has a sort of a grayish, also kind of a wavy pattern on it. But it's but it, it almost mm -hmm. looks rainbow when you when you look at it in light. It's 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 really neat. And I know a few people who've had one. I've held one in my hands. Pretty cool. Uh, but when I was thinking, you know, sort of a really classy watch, textured dial. For some reason, I had one picked and then i was like all right let me just consult the internet a little bit here and i was i was looking at textured dials and you know an article that was mentioning best textured dials they had these watches and i was like all right so i know i'm in the right ballpark like i, th I i'm in the right frame of mind and i was like i think a chapic would be a really nice placeholder in 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 place of of the grand seiko in my collection again not definitely not same price range <laughs> yeah for sure right the definitely not antarctique is definitely not in the same price range and you're definitely getting uh some neat bells and whistles i don't know if you've ever seen those bracelets they're very very cool yeah yeah they're beautiful and uh you know you're getting you're getting sort of that similar craftsmanship vibe about it but these are these are quite expensive but also very nice and i've always kind of liked their overall look and uh you know i was pretty happy that c-dub uh is sort of delivering that in a much yeah, cheaper package yeah. now <laughs> and and available <laughs> yeah yeah so uh but overall and, and, the, you know and, these are watches that i i, I hadn't i knew nothing about and then i just every time i looked at them i was a little bit more impressed and i, I liked them a lot and i was like all right i was like you know what I, I guess if you know again money no object sort of just playing around here sure why not well it's it's funny and uh, on a complete side note Great choice on the Chapic, by the way. Um, but funny enough, I was talking to a collector buddy of mine that bought one of their first ever like production runs, and he said the watch sucks so bad. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. He was telling me they had a lot of like QC issues and customer service end and stuff like that. 
like basically he was supposed to have like a special like commemorative case back you know they got kind of like the insider pricing because it was like the first launch which okay. again is probably a first launch type situation they were a little bit too big for the britches at the time and they just kind of had to grow into it you know but he said the movement needed service like a month after he owned it because it was like losing a bunch of time and they sent his watch with like the wrong commemorative case back and it was this whole thing but um he loved the watch it's it's finished really really well but that's the that's the other flip side that i think a lot of people don't understand about these kind of like higher urology pieces is they're more hand worked by people which means the tolerances for timekeeping are greater right you're not going to get the negative two plus two because it's not designed in cad on cnc machines right and like it's it's more hand finished which is it's the artistry of the actual piece itself rather than the technological developments of it if that makes sense so it's, it's kind of an interesting thing but i remember when he told me that i was like really he goes yeah he goes i had to sell it it's like i did not like it <laughs> he's like i'm so used to like my super accurate watches and this was like completely the opposite. So, so I found it very funny because you're like, yeah, I'm thinking about Grand Seiko, which is known for accuracy, yeah, high and accuracy. Like spring draft technology. And you're like, I'm gonna go with a Chapic, which arguably is amazing in its finishing, which is on par with Grand Seiko, but not so much in the movement, uh, which I thought was funny. But it's cool to see, though, like you said, um, it's nice that somebody like Christopher Ward. Um, is really bringing kind of more of a democratic version of the Antarctic to the market. And I think it's a very good looking watch. So regardless of which way you go, whether it was the Antarctic or if you go with the, with the 12, um, yeah, you can't go wrong. Yeah. I and, mean, and one's just about $19,000 less than the other one. Right. So. Sure. 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 <laughs> but it is funny that you did bring up the whole accuracy thing because, uh, you know, in my boredom on my 10 hour car ride home, no, I think it was, I think it was eight and a half, but still, um, I, uh, I decided to just play around and, and throw out like the, uh, the ask me anything thing. And somebody was like, would you prefer accuracy or looks in a watch? And I was like, I think the fact that we are I saw that I, I was like, I think that. the fact that we are able to accept sort of that margin of error for a watch that is, you know, made, you know, it's sort of with that level of artistry tells you enough that we value sort of uh, the watch itself over the accuracy. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. And, and sure. there are extenuating circumstances on both sides where that applies or doesn't apply. And also vintage watches, obviously the the term vintage time gets thrown around a lot, right? Keeps vintage yeah. time, which means like pretty great. good, but not original spec. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Plus, plus or minus a hundred seconds. It's fine. But also, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny. I was listening to somebody who, who was a, uh, or sorry, reading, I, I was, they were on, I was on a forum and the person, they at least claimed that they were a, a, uh, a watchmaker or at least novice watchmaker. And, um, you know, people were griping about movement accuracy and stuff. And the guy's like, listen, even a watch that's plus or minus 30 a day is still a pretty accurate clock. You know, yeah. like you're in the right minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like at the end of the day, you're in the right minute. So it's still pretty and, impressive and, and, that and there's... a not so accurate or non-regulated movement still can deliver that <laughs> to you. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%. No question about that. And certainly uh, very true. 
and that, and that's kind of the funny thing, right? It's kind of like a, an alternate thing. It's like we get so persnickety sometimes about these things, and it's like our grandfather didn't care. No, you know what I mean. Like we're over here thinking about the most accurate watches. Yeah, it's negative two plus two seconds a day, and your grandfather's like, "Hey, man, I'm listening to church bells." I fought, <laughs> it's like I I fought on the beaches of Normandy for this. You know, it's like okay, greater problems in the world. That's um, right. So bringing me to my next pick, and again, this has been a very hard exercise for me because I love all my watches. They're like my children, right? Um, I love my moon watch. I finally got one a couple years back. You guys know that. Uh, it's been, you know, most of my collection is Omega, so I'm, I'm definitely going to stick on that. But I think if I was going to swap that out for something, if it wasn't another Omega, which... I'm not going to do that again. Um, <clears throat> I definitely would want to go with the the new Tag Heuer um, glass box. Nice. I think this is a cool watch. I've had the the opportunity to try one on person. The 39 millimeter case is fantastic. The Superdome crystal is fantastic. Um, I think my preference is the blue over the 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 other variation. Um, but it's a really beautiful watch. I loved it. I didn't want to give it back. If that tells you anything about it. Now, I'm not the biggest tag person in the world for many different reasons outside of, you know, who they are as a company, but I have to give props where props is due. That's a sweet watch, man. And I really like it. I was very excited that they came back out with it. I'm very excited that they launched kind of a new skipper in it as well. So I think Tag has been on a hot streak, um, and it's cool to see. But I think this is kind of a step in the right direction. Yeah, no doubt. And kind of what we were talking about earlier, you know, maybe maybe this, this is sort of their turning point. Maybe some of those gripes, I hope so. Maybe some of those gripes that people have will be alleviated going forward, because you know, once a brand catches a little fire, so that sort of goes away, right? Like if exactly if your, if your brand makes well, a, makes a comeback or or becomes the hot hotness all of a sudden right all of a sudden nobody really cares about the stuff people used to say no right absolutely not it's very fan and, driven and and again it's all contingent to on exposure right like if you're exposed to it if it's something that you think is nice and high quality and you enjoy it then what's to say to the contrary right but. I think it's a very sweet watch. I think it's very well proportioned. It's cool that they did some interesting upgrades inside to the movement to make the rotor a little bit more kind of tag-esque, if you will. Um, it's it's very much the vintage design, but giving it modern specs, which I really like too. Now, will it ever fully replace my moon watch? No, but I think if I really had to pick some other type of iconic chronograph to fill that bridge or that piece in my collection, then this would be a, a very serious contender, especially at a very similar price point too, right? The moon watch is around 7,000 ish dollars. Now um, the Hoyer Carrera 39 glass box is 6450 on a strap. So what's a few hundred dollars more between friends. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, I chose not to not to do Speedmaster because I figure you would. And uh, in thinking about it, I 
I would have to probably go somewhere in the El Primero family. I like I, too many I of figured. their models. I like too many of their models as far as I, I don't know which one I would get. I mean, the, the classic Chronomaster is amazing. The 384 is awesome. 386 is awesome. So I really don't know what the hell I would do there, but uh, that seemed like too almost too obvious for me. So I didn't I didn't really even want to put that on the list. Um, it's funny. It's funny because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to pick an El Primero or something because I know bro's going to pick one. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, well, you know, there's only so many, especially if you're going to stay in the chronograph ballpark, right? There's only so many yeah. sort of chronographs that have that level of clout to fill those shoes. That you're looking at maybe one of like four. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to do next um, sort of the uh, I've talked about the black and blue U50 on the show before. And it's, you know, black case mm. blue dial, um, mm. but it's a very it's a very faded out um, gradient blue to black dial. Um, a blacked out watch that I specifically specifically did not get because I had that. Um, but has also just like lived rent free in my head is the uh darth tuna i don't know if you're familiar with that one it's basically a blacked out i am tuna and it's it's sort of uh it sort of makes it not so gaudy because it's all blacked out and it's not there's not a lot of steel it's not so shiny i mean despite sort of the larger case dimensions and the the shroud and everything but um again these are sort of just like the Everything I liked about the tuna we talked about last week, I think it was, um, but just in a modern package. And, you know, yeah. you can get the the JDM version. You can get the the kanji day wheels and everything. And everything that I like about JDM Seikos. But this time I'm getting a, a honking big, a big black watch. <laughs> but um, but yeah, just high contrast. You know, you're getting the, the white on the black. You're getting that crazy loom. Um you know, I believe there are sort of almost a few flavors of the of the blacked out tuna. I know you can get uh, a three hundred meter, you can get a thousand meter. I can't remember which movement comes with which, but I know you can get both a quartz and I believe an automatic as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are just they're just they're just super fun and like you know you see you see like Guy Fieri wearing his tuna. Yeah, like he just seems like he's having the best time ever. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, how, how can you not? I mean, you're wearing a tuna, right? Like, it's it's such an iconic watch, and, and so many different reasons why it should be amazing, and why everyone should have one. And the Dar tuna is like one of my favorites. Yeah, it's super cool, you know. And then you know, thanks to people like Uncle Seiko, you have a million rubber straps to choose from to keep that thing smack dab on your wrist. So, you know, again, I think it would be a super fun sort of. uh also in, in the line with the the summer watch and the, the fun beater, I think that would be a uh, top notch. I love it. It's a solid choice. And from someone who wears a blow prof and understands large right. watches. Yeah, you would get that. I mean, <laughs> I, I get it. I totally get it. I'm here for it. And this watch on an isoprene or I'm, you know, I did a Google search and there's some guy wearing it like on a Seiko style, like the original flat vent, but like, it's like an olive drab green. With a black matching buckle, I'm like, you, sir, you know you exactly it. what you're doing. <laughs> you get it. You get it. Uh, I love this watch. And, you know, for me, you know, funky divers have always, you know, had a 
soft spot in my heart the tuna collection you know especially even though i've never owned one i've always appreciated them especially the kind of funky handset that we talked about last week yep. um they're just they're so unbelievably cool and this is really where a watch is designed for function over the form right the form becomes an afterthought to what it's intended for it's to make it safer and easier to use while diving um and how it's designed is 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 perfect and anybody who speaks to the contrary go get yourself checked because you have no idea what you're doing um no uh, i digress and, and speaking of another diver um to go the non-omega route to start out with uh, um you guys know i have doxa i have a soft spot in my heart for doxa um i have a sub 300 sub 300 black lung so this is the Aqualung, kind of the first reissue of the Sub 300 vintage watches with the black uh, Aqualung logo on the dial. They only produce, I believe, 300 of these watches. Um, I have a number within the 300, but I love this watch to death. And it's one of my favorites in the collection. It has the bright orange dial, the professional dial. And I'm going to go the cheap route, but I do, if I'm going to replace it, I'm going to replace it with another Doxa. And for me, it's the new Doxa Army. Okay. I tr I tried it on. Oh, man, bro. Oh, this new Army is so good. It's so unbelievably good. Um, It's a little bit larger than my current Doxa. It's, I think, 42.5. My version is a little bit thinner and a little bit smaller case because it's more of the original proportions. But this Doxa Army, man, it's so good. Because when you look at it, you're thinking it's a Doxa because it is a Doxa. But when you see it, especially if you've never worn one before, like when I wear my Doxa, like I know what I'm looking at, right? But when I put on the army, it's like it felt familiar to me, but yet still very different to me. And it's I think a lot of it's attributed to the fact that, you know, it's much more military inspired, hence the name. Right. It was supplied to, I think, the, the Swiss army or something like Swedish army, something like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It feels familiar. You have the shark tooth bezel and all the stuff that Docs is so known for. But you have so many different nuances on this dial and on the bezel that you don't see on the regular professional line, Sea Rambler, you know, Aquamarine, what have you. And I loved it. I really didn't want to give it back. And at just over a couple thousand dollars, I think it's like two thousand and some change. It's it's a serious contender for me. I really want to try to find one and pick one up. I may not buy one new, maybe on the used market. But this watch was really cool, and I really enjoyed it. It gave me kind of some Ploprof vibes as well, kind of the big, chunky orange hands. And I love the fat, broad arrow tip on the second hand. It's just super easy to see. I love the dial layout. It's it's very cool. Um, and now they make so many different flavors of them. You can buy them in the United States as well, which is nice. You can't get the, the black ceramic version. Right. It was only, that was only made for uh, I think it was analog shift or watches of Switzerland, but uh, all the rest of the steel models you can get, and they're cool. They're very very cool. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a so fun that... pick. It's a fun pick. I, I I remember wearing your docs, and those old proportions are certainly very, very, very good. Like, I remember being like, damn, this wears extremely well for a diver. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, yeah, no, the Army's cool, and, you know, you're getting a little bit of a story. It's a little bit of history. It's a little bit of the, you know, the uh, sort of the blood feud that went on, which is sort of fun. <laughs> yes. You know? I can't forget that. I was, tell I was telling the salesperson the story. And they're like, seriously? I'm like, how do you not know this? And they're like, how do you know this? Like, yeah, it should be the wow. selling point of this watch. <clears throat> I know, right? But I mean, you know, most people don't get into the minutia of the the watch industry scandals, if you will. But yeah. uh, very, it was very cool. I really enjoyed my time trying it on. No, very cool. Very neat. I thought you were going to go Clive Custler for a second there. but You know, I liked it. I did like it. Um it was a little bit too nuanced for me because mm -hmm. uh, the Custler is, is obviously it's a tribute to, to him to Dirk Pitt, his, his fictional character and, and himself as a person. Um, it was very cool to see it in, in person. Um, I liked how they artificially aged it and all that stuff. But, you know, when I tried it on, I liked it. I wasn't in love with it. So I think it's for certainly a very special person, maybe someone that really enjoys the 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 novel series and everything like that. This would be a great uh, a great time piece for. Um, but trying this one on, and then trying on the army right after, I was like, there's not even there's not even a chance for the Kessler at this point. It's the army all the way. Nice. Um, last one I got on my list is the, uh, you know, I, sp I spoke about the the zodiac. Um, the lime green diver GMT oh, that I have a lot of fun. Stop super, making me jealous. Super summary. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, but I was like, what the heck do I replace something so out there with? And you know, that's what I like that's about tough, that watch. Man. It's so out there. Yeah. Um, and I sort of came to a fork in the road. And if I was going to stay diver, I think I would have to probably go aquamatic because they have like those, like the Thurso colors. I feel like I get away with sort of, dropping it in yeah. one for one there uh you know a lot of orange that the teal white i think i could get away with that and then my other thought was if i if i was to go not so diver would maybe be like a studio underdog Ooh, right i like that okay i, I think that would be a, a neat little uh like a backdoor pick there where they give you every flavor under the sun. I mean, I know they're all limited editions, but you could, you know, you get the watermelon, eggplant, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. I think any one of them will do the job, and and you know, they they're uh, they're all sort of the in the the wind up watch fair space. So I, I felt like it was appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, but definitely two two models of watch that I've definitely checked out and sort of had my eye on, and. Uh, you know, we talk about relatively frequently on here, but um, I thought those would be fun picks to sort of replace my very, very aggressive lime bezel <laughs> GMT. <laughs> I mean, that's a solid pick. Studio is always killing it with everything that they do. Um, even their most recent, you know, kind of commemorative edition, the Blueberry, so good. The one that they did for every watch. Um, very, very, very cool watch. I love it. What was their gag watch they made that was actually like, wait, no, you should make this. Was it a pizza watch? No, it was the um, it was the eggplant. 
No, but there was a the, like April Fools. They did one. I think it was a oh, pizza. Oh, maybe, was it a pizza one? I don't know, but I was because like, the egg, actually, the, was egg, like, the eggplant was the original, right, the original the gag, tongue watch. in cheek, yeah. And then they made it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that it was, was a so pizza good. watch. I was so like, good. this doesn't look that bad, though. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> likes mean, pizza. <laughs> I could honestly see it happening. I mean, for sure. And you, being a New Yorker yourself, I'm sure you've uh, eaten and made many a pizza. Oh, for in sure. Your lifetime. For sure. Um. Trying to think because I didn't have anything else. So I'm trying to think if I could scrounge up one last thing that would pick. This is hard when you think about your own collection and you can't remember what you have. Is that bad? I think uh it could be. <laughs> it could <laughs> is be. That, is that bad? Um, because I'm I'm thinking like, okay, this is an Omega, this is a Doxa. What else do I have? Um Yeah, I don't got anything else. Nothing that's interesting that I would want to talk about. Well, even like, what would you swap in for like a moon swatch? Right. Sort of like cheap, fun, but like also like has some. Has some balls to it, you know? I mean, I already have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I already have the Res KX. Like, I don't know if I need if I would need something different than that. You know, because that that really takes the idea of like the disposable timepiece in in a new co you know in a new way because it's like a day day automatic. You know, um, the what if collection comes to mind, but we already talked about that, so I didn't want to bring that up again. But I really am going to get one of those. Get something I can throw into the affordable bin for sure. Um, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think. I'm like I got a bunch of like Hamiltons and. Man, I don't know. I think I'm out. It's like everything else is like an Omega. <laughs> it's all boring at this point. <laughs> uh, all right, that uh, we we can put it to best. I, I I think we're I think we're up over an hour. <laughs> I think I think we could. Uh... Sorry to disappoint all the fans. I'm just thinking about my collection. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of boring. Don't have anything that's like really cool that I don't want to swap out. I like I have everything that I honestly love. So it's like, what am I gonna do now? You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. You can swap your plopper off for an ultra deep. But see, that's the same thing, right? Like I'm it's just saying, like as long as you're trading one omega. What? <laughs> well, you gave me crap for it the first time. You're like, oh, you picked another omega. That was fun. I'm like, okay, all right. I I see. I see. Let me pivot. Let me. No, pivot. I just thought it was funny. But no, I would tell. After talking about wives that you're taking somebody in the same family, that's all. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, okay. But no, I told I totally would would swap my pull profile on Ultra D. I really do like that collection for sure. Um and specifically I think I would do I'd probably do the uh the black fume with the uh kind of like the electric blue accents. If not, then I would do for sure the new 75th anniversary. Yeah. That one is sick. That watch is sick. It's too thick. Well, get a bigger wrist. Go work out. Don't wear it on a NATO. <laughs> I mean, again, just like you know what you're getting into. You don't complain about the deep sea. You don't complain about your James Cameron, which is massive and top heavy. But yet the ultra deep is too thick. Okay. All right. Got it. I'm not salty at all about it, by the way. 
But uh, <laughs> all right, we could probably call this one here. Um, episode ninety three coming up, inch inch ever closer to the big one hundred. Somebody asked what what we're doing for hundred. I have no idea. I was like, I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 one week at a time, boys. Yeah, I, <laughs> if I'm two weeks out, thinking two weeks out, I'm I'm way ahead. Um. Hey, remember, remember that one time we said that we were gonna pre-record episodes, like and and keep a bank of and like yeah, that didn't that didn't happen. No, no, that's that's like when I was a kid and I'd be like, I'm gonna come home, I'm gonna do my homework right after school, so I get it out of the way, <laughs> and then I can just enjoy my night. That never happened. Yeah, yeah, I was still doing it the, the, the morning, ourselves. morning of the the morning that was due. Yeah. I was doing it. <laughs> yeah, doing it in the, in the hallway before class starts, and you're like trying to scrabble and you know write everything down and copy off somebody's paper but not copy too much yeah i know we all did it part of life i guess yeah but anyways episode 92 in the books uh we'll, we'll keep we'll keep the ideas flowing for for one hundo but until then schmidt i will uh see you next week my friend yeah for sure and if anybody has a suggestion for episode 100 let us know yeah we'd love to hear it yeah because we're out of ideas at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> See you next time. Peace. Take it easy.